For the final time before the election, and he told me about three months ago he was going to waltz back in. Maybe he was right. Winston Peters, New Zealand First Leader. The surge is on. You were always confident. And now you're standing there like the great Messiah, raising your hands and saying to all around you, be calm, help is on the way. Well, first of all, we didn't uh, plan to campaign like the rest of them on 6 o'clock news at night eating sausage rolls and having ice cream and all that sort of farcical stuff, which is not campaigning. Now, we went to every province and filled the halls, packed the halls, and uh, spoke to people and answered their questions. And it was a long, hard campaign, and it still is, and we'll probably finish up doing that on Friday as well. But the reality is that uh, we um, campaigned to ensure that people got a voice, and they're expressing it now. National are expressing their voice or their collective voice by saying they don't really want to work with you. They will if they have to. I wonder whether National's saying one thing publicly but thinking something else privately, like Chris Luxon's thinking, I'm quite good at dealing with people. I can, I, I, I can make Winston and David Seymour work. Look, we've had MMP for 30 years and you would think people would know what they were doing when they were involved in this environment, but... What screams out now is uh, that these tactics are just being dishonest. They're naive and they're showing an awful inexperience. We've had elections since 1854 and to threaten an early election before you've had this one is just not right. And I've made it very clear that this is not going to happen. There's not going to be an early election after the October the 14th, we're going to ensure that we have a stable and much better government. That's well, well so basically, can you categorically say you are going to ensure a National Act New Zealand First Government? Can you say that right here and now? Well, why don't we wait until the polls come in so we can know then what we're talking about, rather than all this mindless speculation. Whilst we live in a cost-of-living crisis that's awful for so many people, we've got lawlessness and crime going on, and we've got health systems that are breaking down everywhere. So you see what I mean? The um, idea that we wait, uh, we, we don't wait until the people speak is just wrong, and I'm not going to engage in it. Should the Nats be very careful of what they wish for? Because there is a scenario, albeit a very, very narrow window, where if things changed a bit this week, Labor, the Greens and Te Party Māori could effectively maybe... Uh, drawing a long bow, form a government, but the only scenario in which that can happen is you not getting past 5%. So it's really in National's best interests now that we're this far down the track for them to wish you all the best. Well, if you're saying that they're finally coming to their senses, I hope so. But again, this is terrible inexperience. And, you know, when a person like Jim Bolger comes out and said, no, Winston wasn't the problem, it was people in my own caucus, he is telling the truth. Why would he say that? And so what I'm concerned about is this demonization that's going on where you've got article after article attacking someone without ever interviewing that person or his party. And it's not going to work because New Zealanders do not like that sort of behavior. And we're going to do much better than people think. I've just seen the latest internal polls of another political party which have us seriously rising now from where we were. And it won't stop and go all the way up until Saturday night at 7pm, uh, we'll know. Just going back to Port Waikato, this is a ridiculous electoral rule, isn't it? It's, uh, you might say that, but um, the problem is that uh, 
See, somebody at number 35 on the uh, ACT Party list was never going to make it anyway. So you're quite right. It is a ridiculous rule and should have been thought about and conceived of by the system itself. Because, you know, there is a possibility, if everyone was to agree, that there nevertheless could not be and may not be a a by-election in Port Waikato. If all the parties agree that this is a system failure and agree that we're not going to waste taxpayers' money, then, yes, we could have um, the um, resolution that the winner on election night, which uh, looks clear to be the National Party uh, uh, candidate, would be the winner. So we're just going through... Well, the National's clearly not going to agree to that because it's in their best interest to have the by-election and effectively get one more list MP. I want to ask you about an overhang because potentially we have another situation in Parliament around Te Party Māori where they may get more MPs than their percentage of party votes. We could see an overhang there. Well, we could see them not win one seat either, and that's a high possibility. That's the reality. Let's look at both sides of the story. Can I ask you about the Israel-Palestinian situation on on the Gaza Strip there? This is horrific. It's going to get really ugly. It's ugly now. Were you disappointed with the response initially from our Minister of Foreign Affairs, Nanaya Mahuta? Uh, Seriously disappointed because we've had a cross-party line agreement that we would be, in the case of Israel, talking about a two-party state or two-state solution, so to speak. Now, that's always been our position, and yet when she first made a statement, it was no statement at all. To be fair to Hipkins, hours and hours later, he got on top of it. But this was, again, uh, someone not, you know, absent behind the wheel, so to speak. Yeah, very disappointed, because we believe in rules-based international order. We have to as a small country. And this is an absolute breach of that. It's a full-scale war declared on innocent people who are in a park enjoying themselves and this full-on murder, uh, murderous attack happened. It's awful and extreme. And, and now the conflict is going to be a full-scale uh, bloody war. Um, the Israelis will win, and they'll win in double-quick time. And so, uh, yes, it's very sad to see that the minister was on top, was not on top of it, but then she's not been on top of a lot of her portfolio. And that's obvious as anything. A huge vacuum who are developing in the Pacific, which should be there, make sure they did not develop. Do you think we need a, a, a Minister of Foreign Affairs with more gravitas? Does anyone spring to mind in an incoming government, namely Winston Raymond Peters? <laughs> I don't. Uh, my team all know this, and I, I find it very difficult for the commentator who can't seem to understand. My team all know that on election night, you're going to put your predecessors and all the grievances you've got aside because your number one obligation, and they will all know it, is to form a much better stable government. And that we've done over and over again. Paul just said so, 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 and Clark, so, so, I have others. And yet I've had this mindless attack on me calling it chaos. This has been headlining day in, day out, instead of the real issues, where the people's tax policies work. Whether we've got an economic strategy to turn this country around and make a rapid recovery with added value and uh, you know exporting to the max and all those critical things, all lost in this campaign. This is the most unreal campaign I've ever been involved in. We have put opportunity and um, staged um, presentation of this lot of news passes for politics. 
I'm just grateful my party hasn't done that. I'm very proud of them for not doing it. Will this be your last election? Are you are you going to be off to Washington or London in three years' time? Look, I've been offered ministerial posts, um, ambassadorial high commission posts in the past of my career, and I've turned them all down. Why would people ask that question now? Well, maybe you mightn't be bad at those roles. That was a backhanded compliment, Winston. Yeah, but Accept if, I've offered, if I've been offered that in the past and declined them, why would I want the job, the job now? I mean, I'd rather serve in this country rather than serve abroad. And that's also the second thing that I've always said, that ambassadorships and high commissions should not be for politicians well past their use-by date, sort of grass-widowing them some, around the, some around the world. They should be for professionals, and that's always been my policy. And I've only got one exception. I said, if you've got an exception, 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 then perhaps we could do that. And I've done it once, but I've never, ever allowed this to happen when uh, people have been in careers for 30 years working for foreign affairs, much more qualified, know what's going on, and all of a sudden a politician takes the job, like in Washington and like in New York and um, to the high um, uh, for the UN and also in Canada, where over and over again we put politicians there. And that's the reason why our relationship with Canada are nothing like they should be. All right, I should have known better than to ask you because I know you don't like the baubles of office. Hey, good luck getting some of them on Saturday night. I find that an amazing statement about the baubles of office. You know, when someone has gone out there and put all of his own money on the line to win great cases in this country and recent ones as well, and that's one's own money, to talk about the baubles of office, you know what a bauble is? It's a trinket not worth having. I just wish people would get a grasp of the English language and make those statements as well. Winston Peters, I'm out of time. As I've said to every candidate, and I will say to the Prime Minister tomorrow when he's on the country, good luck. And remember, vote, you get the government you deserve. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers.